Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. On the spirit of truth this morning. It says in John, John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. See, Jesus opens up to this woman whose life is um, rejected by everyone around her. She is the epitome of rejection. Her life is rejected by um, the establishment of of religious truth um, by the the Jews and by the Samaritans. Her life is is rejected by her family and the chaos that she has created. Her life is rejected by everything around her and, and Jesus comes up to her and speaks this incredible word of demonstration. What I have discovered is this, is that truth is attracted to error. Truth is attracted to error. Here's the thing, you see, see, we, we imagine truth to be that which is doctrinally correct. Are you with me here? Now, doctrinally, Something which is doctrinally correct is true, and it is truth, but it's not the truth, all right? The truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Here's the thing. I know many people who go to church and they know the Bible, they know the Word of God. And when one of the things that I used to hear a lot when we moved to Scotland is uh, you would get this, it always ha- had to be some West Coast sort of more Glaswegian accent. And it, they would always say, you've got to know the Word, the Word, it's all the Word of God. And uh, <laughs> it's the Word. And you felt condemned that come, somehow you weren't making that that kind of point that we were just talking about knowing the Holy Spirit, but somehow it didn't seem as big as the Word, and and uh, <laughs> and that's the Word. And and what I discovered when I I met I spent time with people who would concentrate on the Word, and and I grew up in a traditional church environment. And let me tell you something: I grew up in a a a doctrinally correct. Environment, and what I mean by correct is they li- they lived the environment I grew up in was everyone lived according to the their values and their traditions, their interpretations of the Word of God, and so they they were held by the law of those things. But in all of those things, I never saw anyone any more free than anywhere else. Yeah. 
So they lived according to truth. Some of the truth they held probably wasn't truth, but was in fact just religion. But, but there would have been a lot of truth in it as well. So the word of God would have been in their, in their minds and, and sort of in their hearts, but their application of their life, the truth didn't set them free. Kind of a problem right there, isn't there? Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So if you can know the truth and it doesn't set you free, which truth did you meet? It's like meeting someone. You've got to meet someone. <laughs> you met the wrong... <laughs> now, here's the thing. You've got to know the truth. <laughs> you know, a name is truth. I met someone called truth, but I... <laughs> it's the wrong truth. <laughs> no. And the thing is with doctrine, that doctrine is not the wrong truth, but it's not the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so Jesus is, comes to this woman... And he starts to speak to her and he starts to speak to Jesus says in, in John's gospel when he's talking to Philip, Philip wants to know where Jesus is off to. And Jesus says, look, have I been with you so long? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so here we have this incredible revelation that We've got to understand that to apply our lives to the truth, the power of God, if the truth will set me free, then the truth has got to be the most empowering, life-changing revelation that I ever get in my life. It must be the focus and direction of everything that I live for. If the truth will set me free, then it's the truth I've got to find. If, if you're not walking in liberty and freedom, if you're not discovering the full identity of who you are, if you're not in being fully empowered in your calling and identity because you don't have that, that freedom and liberty, then what is the medicine that you should take to resolve that condition? Mm-hmm. Truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Oh, well, if I'm not free then the medication then is truth, correct? So if I've got to find truth, then I've I got to walk in the truth. But, but the church has so often focused truth on, on a list of moral standards, on a list of theological standards, on a list of kind of righteous standards, all of which of themselves are good and true. So you can't fault the description and the theological application or the doctrinal, you can't fault them because, of course, they're true. They're from the Word of God. But that's not the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. You see, if Jesus came according to the truth, how the church often interprets truth, then Jesus would have been a Pharisee. Hello? He would have been a Pharisee because he wouldn't have spoken to, um, uh, to, to, to this woman in the first place. And if he did, he would have reminded her what a terrible sinner she was. <laughs> yeah. 
But Jesus doesn't do anything. In fact, Jesus breaks all the, all the rules because the rules don't apply if they don't apply in love. Hello? That's going to flip some people's doctrine. Probably someone listening on a live <laughs> on the internet somewhere. They're going to be they'll be going. Oh no, this is just this is a terrible error. <laughs> See, the truth. It, it, if it doesn't have love, by the way, it isn't truth. Yeah. Let, let me read this to you. And I've got it in here somewhere. It's one Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse one. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. If I speak human or angelic languages but do not have love, I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, right, get this. So so faith is the, what do we preach about faith? We say that it is impossible to please God without faith. Right. So, prophecy, understanding, knowledge, revelation of mysteries. You're talking about. You're talking about the, the about the most righteous, holy person you've ever met. Really, <laughs> just just like they're the man. They they've just got it all sewn up, right? And they've got all faith. I mean, that's quite amazing. That's a summary of of just the epitome of everything. This person can believe for extraordinary miracles. So that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Zero. Nothing is of zero impact or effect. In other words, you can have all faith, which we believe, we, we would declare that if, if um, we want to live a life of impact of, to create eternity, we've got to have faith. But if I have all faith that can shift mountains and, and cause eternal shift and change, but I don't have love, I have absolutely nothing going on in the inside of me and I've got nothing to present before God and I've got nothing to receive as a reward in eternity who's with me here right now so and here's the thing about what love is love so how do I get truth truth is a relationship with Jesus Christ which is summarized by love are you with me now So we can understand that, see, when Jesus comes to this woman, he's not speaking about truth in terms of its information. He's speaking about truth in in terms of its intimacy of relationship. I want you to see this. You see, truth can be understood by information or it can be understood by relationship. Information will tell you, Information will tell you what, what, the inf- what the facts are, but relationship will tell you what it means to your life. So, if I was to speak that Bible verse in Romans, um, if I believe in my heart, you know, 
that in Romans chapter 10, it says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved, right? So if you know that in terms of the truth, I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth, I will be saved. If I know that as a statement of fact, guess what won't happen? You won't get saved. Because you know it's information, you know it's true, but you can't access it. And you can't access it. Here's, Here's how the kingdom of God is tricky. See, Jesus is tricky. (laughs) He's deliberately tricky because the one thing he stops you from doing is ticking religious boxes. So that you you go, well, I tithe. Tick. I turn up to church. Tick. I worshipped with my arms in the air. Tick. (laughs) I jumped twice. (laughs) Double tick. I'm fulfilling my duties as Christian. I'm on rota three times this month. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> I'm, so we, we apply ourselves to the Christian life, but none of those things help in terms of your relationship with God. Because, because the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, not a believe in your head. Yeah. I can believe anything in my head. Into I can believe truth in my head. But what is in my head is not a relationship. Are you with me here? Yeah. See, what, everything that's in your head is not relationship. Only those things that are in your heart are found by relationship. So here's the thing about falling in love with someone. You can't summarize it by what is in your head. Because the person you fall in love with and you love with all your heart can be really annoying. (laughs) Sometimes, can't I? Yeah. Well, she said she loves. I'm assuming she loves me. She's been saying it for 30 years. So, well, <laughs> so, so the person you love, you can, you love with your heart, but your head could say all sorts of, or you can know all sorts of things about a person that can be sort of annoying or whatever, but your heart loves them, right? Yeah. And you love them because of your heart. Now, the thing with God is that he wants us to know that if if we love him, then truth will flow through us because it flows through the power of the revelation of knowing who he is. So it's about an an intimate relationship. This woman, she says, look, she's... She's trying to sort of put the conversation onto some sort of religiosity. She goes the religious route. Everyone goes the religious route, even atheists. (laughs) But Jesus, um, this woman says in verse 25 of of John chapter 4, she says, the woman said to her, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he would tell us all things. When he comes, he would tell us all things. So she's got a bit of, truth you've got a bit of 
understanding, but it's not a connection. And here's Jesus says that. So he doesn't tell her all things, right? He's told her some things, but not much. He hasn't said to her, um, he's told her what her life is all about. He's, he's exposed her problem, but he hasn't told her how to fix it. He didn't tell her everything. He just, he just revealed to her the condition of her life so that he can get into her heart. And Jesus, this is all he does. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And that was sufficient because suddenly she was set free because Jesus, the Messiah, had come to her. Now, we got to understand in, in when we read, we started this series by talking about the, the, the seven natures of the Spirit of God in Isaiah chapter 11. And later on, it goes in Isaiah chapter 11, and it speaks of, because these are the, the, the seven natures of the Spirit of God are revealed in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the banner, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 11, that covers our lives. Yeah. So he's the defining nature that covers yeah. our lives. Yeah. And so liberty and truth, revelation, come through this extraordinary this extraordinary um, understanding of who he is. Matthew 15 verse 8 says this, These people draw near to me with their mouth and on me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Truth. People want to know, people often ask me how stuff works, how church works, how... What about doctrine? What about all these things? They're doing it because they're trying to find truth, right? Which is all right. I mean, it's, it's, it's important to understand. It's important to understand the word of God. These, these, these are very, very important things. But they're not the number one thing. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So what's the number one thing for your life? What is the number one thing? The number one thing is to know Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who has been poured out upon us, who is the spirit of Jesus Christ. You understand me? We, yeah. we must know the spirit. We must know Jesus Christ. We must know the Father. We must know God in all of his nature, right? We must know him. So, but Jesus said, said these people draw near to me with their mouth. So they're drawing near. So they're drawing near means they're coming to church. With me, drawing near means I came and I sang, I came and I prayed, I came and I, but their heart was far from me. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean to us? Well, I think what that means is we came to church and we sang and we worshiped, but our heart was unforgiving of someone that a mm-hmm. heart was still in agreement with some lifestyle that was not according to the nature of God that we're trying to keep secret hidden away from God we're trying to we're trying to love God and love the world at the same time and think that he think it'll be all right because of grace (laughs) and while grace covers all things if, if, if you're trying to push the nature of grace you're certainly not going to 
be found in intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so, I want to show you John 8 verse 31 says this, And Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered, he said, we had Abraham's descendants. I've never been in bondage to anyone, which wasn't true. (laughs) (laughs) They've been in bondage (laughs) for hundreds of years (laughs) to everyone. (laughs) How can you say you shall... Be made free, Jesus answered, said most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Who shall know the truth? Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36 Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So Jesus Christ is the truth. He says, you shall know the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth according to the Spirit of God that is, that is, um, that is flowing through him when he's ministering. This is Jesus upon the earth. And now the Spirit of God has been poured out upon all flesh that we should know Jesus Christ, who is the truth. He is the truth. He is the way, and he is the life. Now, let me finish with this, because I, I want you to see this in 1 John chapter chapter 2, because in, in 1 John 2 um, and uh, verse 20 is, 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 a, is a verse that we read all the time. It says, it says, um, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. It's a great little one-liner. <laughs> right, is it? But you have an anointing. I have an anointing. We can, we can read that and go, I have an, I have an anointing. And we do, if you're feeling really rubbish, and, you can, and, you just, and, you're, and you're not feeling like you've got anything, you read it and you go, but I have an anointing. <laughs> but the anointing, it, the context of anointing, is knowing the truth. Look at this. Little children, verse 18, in the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. What's John speaking about? He's speaking about the fact that truth remains in relationship. Are you with me here? Truth remains in relationship. That those who were misled, the Antichrist spirit, they were... So what's an Antichrist? That's quite... Because that's quite... It's like end of days type stuff isn't it I have an antichrist spirit it's a bit judgmental it's kind of like what is it well it's the spirit of error according to man's pride and pride stops you from remaining in relationship alright so pride and disappointment and hurt to pull away but it's pride that's actually the 
call it discouragement, but it's pride. If you, if you break relationship, you can be hurt, but if you break relationship, it's called pride. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been with us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, because you know it and that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. So we're talking about those who were in relationship but denied Christ because of their own pride. Right? They denied Christ because of their own pride. Here's the thing, right? Just so that we don't try and say everyone who's not in the church is Antichrist. (laughs) Please never, never, ever, ever, ever say that of anyone who was ever with us. <laughs> ne- never, because that's not that's not even we're not even going anywhere near there, right? That's not that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is relationship that we if we remain in relationship, we remain in truth. Because Christ Jesus said, I am the head and you are the toe. I'm the head, you are the toe, there's nothing in between. <laughs> Just love. <laughs> No, I am the head, you are the body. So intimacy with the, with the body of Christ is remaining in communion and fellowship with one another. And the body of Christ is a lot bigger than this congregation, by the way. Just, I'm getting hot now, right at the end. <laughs> but we have to understand that the, the body of Christ is... Is much bigger. I had a wonderful time meeting up. Chaz and I met up with some of the pastors a couple of weeks ago, um, and just had a, a wonderful time with the pastors of the city. I met up with um, a Church of Scotland pastor I hadn't seen for twenty years. Um, Ian Aiken, Ian Aiken, lovely guy. Um, Big, massive, curly hair. Church of Scotland minister out at, um, oh, I can't remember, somewhere out at Anderson Drive. He's got big, curly hair, and he always had it in a ponytail. He's still got the ponytail, but it's a little bit grey on the sides now. <laughs> and and um, he just, just beautiful. I hadn't seen him for 20 years. And we used to pray together. And bumped him like, oh, my goodness, how are you doing? And, and it was so, so wonderful. See, the body of Christ is an incredible place, right? I remember when we first moved to the city, he, would, he used to play the bongos yeah. in the sort of inter-church meetings and lunches and stuff we used to have. Uh, I don't know whether he still plays the bongos. Probably his kids do now. They're probably all grown up. But the body of Christ is an incredible place. And here's the thing with what happens is, see, knowing Christ is knowing the body. How do I know Jesus Christ? I know the body of Jesus Christ. Because it's his body, right? He's the head. We're the body. If I want to know Jesus Christ, I have to know the body. 
If I know the body, I will know Jesus Christ. Because where, how are you going to find the head connected to the body? The head bone is connected to the (laughs) neck bone. (laughs) How do you know? So you know the body. How do I, how do I get truth and revelation? How do I find? You stay connected to the body of Jesus Christ. How do I I walk in intimacy with Jesus? Do I just pray more? That's the head speaking. Sure, you can pray more, but I mean, that's, you know, no, I would never say, don't pray more. But if it's just a religious function, then it probably won't get you any further. We'd have to humble our hearts, come back to the bodies, pray together. Say, pray with me. I I want to encourage you, if you want to know more liberty, just pray with more people. Just pray with more people. Get, have someone you haven't prayed for and say, will you pray with me? Just five minutes. Hold hands with them and agree together. You don't have to tell them your darkest secrets. You can, you can if your relationship gets close enough and it's appropriate. Pray together. These are the practical things. You, you grab a hold of someone, you hold their hand and you pray. Revelation comes, truth comes, liberty comes, hope comes. Because the body of Christ, when joined together, receives from the head. You can only receive from the head if you're in the body. You're disconnected. The Antichrist, those who are Antichrist are those who got into pride, denied Christ denied his love, his life. They denied it because pride got in the way somehow. Hurt, disappointment, all that stuff. And they, so they separated out of it and they denied him. And they could no longer receive him. Now, Antichrist is the, is the most severe. It's kind of like, I, I'm going to tell you something. I've never met anyone who's got an Antichrist spirit. I've never, I know people like to say this and that. I've never met anyone. Never met. I, I don't expect to meet anyone either. I just believe there are a lot of people who need to be pulled back into the house of God. Amen? Yeah. A lot of people. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com.